0: The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by eXp Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407 790 9957 or visit wesellorlando.net. What's up, night fans? Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Jeff Sharon joining you here along with Brian Murphy. Eric is uh, out of town this week, so it's a double dip of me and Murph this week. Uh, Brian, you just got back from the uh, early start. UCF men's basketball uh, getting the victory over USF, which we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, boy, you know, I know people complain a lot about the starting times because of television. But isn't a 6 o'clock PM start really nice?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's nice for me to be home, and I, I'm one of the last ones out of there, and I'm home by 9.30. So for the fans to be home by, you know, 9, 8.45, that's got to be great on, yeah, a, I don't know what on a Wednesday com- night. I don't
0: know what people are complaining about. I mean, it's, you know, come on well, in, and it's, I, you're out of there early.
1: I, yeah, and that's well, the thing is, people are making their way from work, and I've heard that people got there late, and there was a lot of traffic, and that's what the complaint was, like— you know, you gave me more time to get off of work, but now, okay, well, you can't have you can't have it both ways, sort of thing, right? You know,
0: just take the back way, take the four hundred eight, you know, about, you know Challenger Parkway and all that. That's the easy way to get there. And people people are trying to get the, get there, going down to University. It's crazy. That place is freaking. That road is exactly. packed all the time. Anyway, all right, we're gonna talk about that in a second. We're gonna um, we got a busy show. Uh, we've got. Uh, we're going to recap. Obviously, UCF men's basketball two straight big wins. One at Memphis uh, earlier um, earlier this week, and then the win tonight against USF. Uh, we're going to talk women's basketball. Coach Abe joins us uh, to talk about uh, their upcoming game. Huge game with USF on Sunday uh, mm-hmm. at noon. So we'll be talking about that. And the, uh, football schedule came out. Time's still to be determined, but we have the order of opponents and where they're playing them. And so Brian and I are going to break that down here for you, uh, in just a moment. Make sure that you, uh, hit us up at blackandgoldbanneret.com for all the latest where Brian and I write our garbanzos off up there and whatever thoughts that we have. We got some good stuff up there recently. A lot having to do with football and basketball. So you're going to want to check that out. Baseball season starting up, of course. Um, by the way, we are doing two podcasts this week. There's this one our regular podcast and we're doing a full baseball preview so if you haven't seen it in our feed make sure you check it out got uh, head coach Greg Lovelady in there and then Brian and I break down baseball uh, as they will start their season uh, this weekend with, with uh, three huge games uh, at home uh, in the construction zone currently known as uh, John Giuliano Park um, in addition you can hit us up on facebook facebook.com slash black and cold banneret. And also uh, hit us up on Twitter. I uh, at UCF underscore Bannerette. I am at Jeff underscore Sharon. Brian is at Spokes underscore Murphy. And uh, of course, Eric is also at Eric Lopez. Elo. He's got a lot of stuff coming up because softball season is underway as well. We're going to talk. We're going to catch up on that too at the end of the show. So, but first, let's talk a little hoops. UCF men's basketball. Uh, gets the victory over USF uh, tonight. We're recording this on uh, Valentine's Night. 72-57. UCF uh, advances to sixteen and nine overall, seven and six as a, uh, a in the conference. Uh, USF is just having another nightmare season. One and thirteen in the conference. Eight uh, and nineteen overall. And the story from this game, uh, brother Brian, was the shooting for UCF, which. You know, we've talked about before how this team just struggles to score, struggles to score, struggles to score. That was certainly the case uh, at the end of the Houston game, which was just such a critical game that uh, at the last time that they were home. But tonight, man, A.J. Davis, uh, 9-12 from the field, 26 points in 37 minutes. B.J. Taylor with 21 points on 8-15 from the field. And my God, UCF hit 79% of their free throws tonight. <laughs> um and that uh, and that will get it done on the home floor against the team uh, like USF. You were there. Uh, what was the uh, what, what was the what did it look like uh, with your eyes down there on the floor? What was working and uh, and and what was the key tonight?
1: Well, it's just amazing what A.J. Davis is in right now. He's sort of, you know, in the zone and he won't say it himself. We talked We we try to to get him to sort of compliment himself and he won't bite. He's very much a team guy. But in the last two games now, including the Memphis game, uh, A.J. Is, not, is, I think, 18 for 22 from the field, mm-hmm. which is insane. Uh, and he's just he, – he's, you know, shooting threes. I think it was three for three from downtown today. He got like four or five and ones opportunities. He's, he's going to go in the lane and draw in contact to get to the line uh, for three-point plays. He's scoring all over the, all over the floor. Um, and really for this offense, it's, it's, it's Taylor and Davis. It's, it's option AJ and option BJ. Uh, and, and they were, they've been great the last two games and they've carried this team offensively tonight. The third option was, was Dayon Griffin, who had a season high four threes for 12 points. So that was good to see them, you know, get a third score, but really this team is, is AJ and BJ's team right now. And, that they were challenged. BJ said that they were challenged by Johnny Dawkins the day before the Memphis game. They had a team meeting in which he challenged the, the more experienced players for what is very much a, a young team. But the BJ Taylor's the AJ Davis the Chad Browns. He challenged them to take more ownership, of the t- uh, more ownership of the team and be more uh, like veteran leaders. And uh, Chad was very good against Memphis. Didn't really pop tonight. But as far as B.J. and A.J. go, they they have been focused in. It's been amazing to watch them sort of just dominate uh, over these last two games.
0: Yeah, A.J. and B.J. combined tonight for uh, 17 of uh, 27 and 47 of UCF's 72 points uh, to go with also 11 uh, rebounds. B.J. had six assists compared to just one turnover. AJ had nine rebounds, three of them on the offensive glass, and uh, and to calculate those numbers from before, AJ in his last two games, including the victory over Memphis, uh, AJ Davis is 18 of 22 for uh, 46 points in these last two games. UCF, by the way, did get that uh, victory the, uh, on the, on the 11th against Memphis at Memphis, 68 64. Um, where AJ was again nine of 10 for 20, BJ seven of 18, but 22 points. Um, uh, and uh, that was the Knights nice first ever win at Memphis mm-hmm. at FedEx Forum, which you know, you you finally get them, you, you finally get the uh, get off the schneid in terms of that. Um, but uh, you know, as we look at these last two games though, here, Brian, um, Taking a look at you know what UCF has on the schedule remaining right now, they're sixteen and nine, seven and six, in the league, with five games to go. Three of them at home. The next one is Saturday against SMU, and uh, I'm going to pull up the uh, schedule, the standings here uh, mm-hmm. from the American. But you know, right now what does this look like in the last five games for this team? You know, what, what do they have to do in order to, I mean, we know they're going to get to the conference tournament, but what do they, what's, what's the realistic position that they can find themselves in uh, if all goes well with the tournament being in Orlando this year?
1: Well, I think what you're, what, I mean, what I think they should aim for is a top four seed. Um, and, you know, they're, they're not going to pass with, you know, Cincinnati or Wichita state, but, then, like from three through seven, three through ten, really, it's a real big logjam in the AAC, uh, and UCF's right in there. I believe after this win, they're only like a game out or maybe a half game out. I've got to pull up the conference standings.
0: Yeah, I got it right uh, here. They're a half game back of Tulsa. Tulsa's at seven and five. Uh, Cincinnati's yeah. twelve and zero, and Houston and Wichita are actually tied for second at nine and three. So then you have that Tulsa at seven and five,
1: UCF and Temple at seven and six. So how about this for the next few games? You've got SMU here on Saturday morning. It's 11 a.m. tip. By the way, SMU playing right now against Memphis at home. They're down by 7 to Memphis uh, in Dallas. That's the second half. So that game I finished for our podcast we actually wrap up before we wrap up here. Right. But then after SMU, UCF has Tulsa uh, in Oklahoma and then back home. or No, excuse me, Tulsa, Tulsa on the road and then Temple on the road back-to-back. Those are huge, huge road games Mm -hmm. uh, next week.
0: Yeah, because you're right there with those two teams in the standings. Uh, Mm -hmm. Temple actually plays tomorrow, the 15th, uh, at Wichita. Um, So that we should keep an eye on, too. Houston uh, faces uh, Cincinnati. Uh, That's actually a huge game in the conference right there tomorrow night as well. And then Tulsa is at UConn tomorrow evening. Uh, that game's on ESPN U. So um, that's what you have in the American coming up. You know, right now, I mean, we we got the word uh, earlier today, and you got the word that uh, mm-hmm. Chance McSpadden is going to be out for the year. He suffered an injury in the Memphis game. Um, what's the latest on that? And what is the situation right now for? what they're going to do to sort of fill his hole uh, in the lineup.
1: Yeah. Well, the Johnny was asked about it tonight and he basically confirmed that, yeah, chance, chance is done for the year. Um, you know, he, it looks like it sounds like a broken finger and it's just not enough time for that to heal. Even, even in a four to six week timeframe, there's just not enough time left for that to heal. Um, chances, chances, you know, big contributions Weren't really on the stat sheet. He was just a defensive stopper on the perimeter. He's a long uh, guard uh, who can play the two and the three, really. Um, but he can also guard point guards. He's a really he's a defensive he's a defense first player. So that's where he he the loss of him will really hurt. Um, you know, against a team like USF, you know you really don't need Chance McSpadden because USF is just going to get in their own way and and they're not that good. But I think down the stretch, you're going to see, again, more effort defensively out of A.J. Davis, who kind of guards. He's been guarding basically all, all positions this year. Um, so that's probably what's going to happen. They're going to have probably more A.J. on on ball handlers. Um, but look, I mean, the guy's playing 37 minutes a night. So he's going to give and A.J. knows that, the, you know, we're entering the final stage of his career. Uh, here at UCF, he's got about six games left in the regular season, then the conference tournament, and then maybe any, something after that. But this is it for him, and I think he's cognizant of that. And so I think part of what AJ is doing uh, sort of feeds into that as well. Like he understands, like this is it. He's got nothing. He's gonna he's gonna give you everything he's got. And so I think they're gonna probably ask him to to do a lot more. Uh, maybe what would seem out of position, but for him, he'll be doing a lot more. I think ball handling, defending, uh, defending guys. But then you'll you'll see more time for like Dayon Griffin, um, you know Terrell Allen got 26 minutes tonight. Uh, we'll see if Miles Douglas you know gets a few more minutes, but he really has been kind of in the doghouse for a while. Um, but it's just another injury for this team. You know, I mean Jeff, it's been it's been since before the season started. This has been the 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 basically the headline of the team is the, another injury. And tonight Dayon actually went down and was grabbing on his wrist in the first half and sort of like was the guy to go look, get looked at in the locker room. It's like, Oh my God. But, uh, oh, he God, did return. One, right? <laughs> yeah. But he did return and, and, hit, and hit a couple of threes. So Dayon's fine. It's just, you know, maybe, maybe this is the last one, but, uh, I would also add, uh, that even though BJ's on the court, BJ's not healthy. Uh, and he'll, he'll admit that to you. And he's a guy who doesn't say a whole lot. But he'll admit that he's not healthy. Uh, he's still not all the way back from the broken foot that he suffered in November. Uh, and then he turned his right ankle uh, before the Cincinnati game here a few weeks ago and then reaggravated aggravated it, uh, I, I think, uh, at Cincinnati, uh, uh, you know, like last week. So he's, he's banged up, uh, but he's still out there giving 36, 37 minutes. And that's what this team's going to have to do. Um, right now, they're, they're, they're bonding together. And uh, with all the injuries and all the strife and adversity, um, they're, they're trying to find a way to win. Now, I don't know if the USF win is a huge gauge because they're not very good. But certainly, you know, SMU, if SMU has Shake Milton back and then the Temple and Tulsa road trip, is going to be very telling.
0: You know, it's interesting seeing this team play tonight, you know, basically you know, like, you know, what Michael Lombardi would say, like left-handed. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what kind of makes UCF sort of a dangerous team. If you start if if you start to see them hit a stride, like, you know, if BJ continues to progress and he starts to peak uh, in time for the conference tournament, you talked about how AJ's kind of sensing his basketball mortality, if you will, Um and, and it's funny how, you know, we see that, you know, sometimes the seniors coaches talked, you know, I'm sure we you know we both have heard, and I know I've heard it from coaches in several sports, that there's that, there's sort of that switch that goes off when all of a sudden you kind of look up at the schedule and you're like, man, this is almost over. I'm almost done. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that mortality kind of creeps in. You know, this really felt like um, uh, sort of a turning point for that combination, like you said, with AJ and BJ kind of. Putting, putting the team on their back and saying, all right, this is our show. We're the ones who are going to try and bring it home here, you know, with Taco out and, and Chance out and, and you know, obviously going back to Aubrey Dawkins not, not being available this season. So it, it, there, what do you think about the, the fact that there's something about this team that says, you know, okay, they've gone through so many iterations of what they do in the course of the year because of the injuries how dangerous do you think they might be in a one and done situation
1: um uh, well you know in basketball it you got to score and i mean that, that's not that's not being like you know lowest common denominator like this team still has problems scoring and so how hard can they be in a one and out well if your shots fall anybody's going to be going to be difficult you know hello 1985 Villanova against Georgetown right but You know, this team still – there are still worries about this team offensively. Yes, they were 9 for 18 from 3 tonight. But on the season, they're 339th nationally in three-point percentage. They, you know, hit, I think, 15 of 19 free throws. But nationally, they're 343rd in free throw percentage. Uh, Your numbers are what they say – what, you know, they they say they are, and and they are that. So at this point, I'm still not ready to say that this team offensively is going to be good enough – to To run the gamut in a one and done, uh, you know, conference tournament. That's why that buy getting in that four seed is so valuable because winning three days, three games in three days is not is is easier than winning four games in four days. Or I should say, it's a lot harder to win four four than three and three. So they really need to get in that top four, get a buy, and see what happens. But this team right now, even with the injuries, kind of understands all of their roles and they understand. I think they're very also aware that these injuries and 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 the adversity could have torn them apart and i think part of that team meeting was to get them all together and to get them to refocus and to get them to buy in down the stretch here and say look you know even though we've got all these things that are going wrong for us we're going to stay together and so i think that was a really well-timed meeting uh and you know if they end up going to if, we, if they end up going to the tournament and running running the gamut here at the amway and going to the tournament that meeting will probably turn into like you know narrative number one about why this team is where it is, but that'll probably overstate it. It's just an easy narrative to say like that meeting changed everything. No, but it did give them a bit more focus, and I think they understand their roles. BJ and AJ know they're the leaders. Chad's the energy guy inside. Uh, Dayon needs to hit threes. Uh, Caesar Caesar DeJesus is a driver who can pass out uh, out of the lane or you know go in for a layup. And I'll tell you what. Rokas So He's not my Vetus. He's not your Vetus. He's (laughs) Ovidas. So (laughs) Rokas, let's be kind, okay? Like, Rokas early in the year, you're watching him play, and it's bad. Like, it didn't look like he belonged out there. It really doesn't. But you know what he knows how to do? He knows how to stand up straight with his arms in the air. And it's really hard to shoot over that when he's in position. Tonight, he took two charges— I think that's something that Johnny is going to look at and smile. You know, Rokas is out there doing a little bit of dirty work stuff, getting some rebounds, but really playing some solid defense once he can get his feet set. Um, he's improved, and I think that's important because obviously without Taco Fall, the interior of that defense changes dramatically. So he has helped pick up the slack a little bit. And so I think guys are getting used to their roles, and even with all the injuries and all the the changing formations, um these guys know where they know where they are and i think they should be i think i think they should be they should be content not satisfied but content with where they are right now because they could be a lot worse than seven and six in this conference
0: you almost com- you almost compared Elvidas to uh what was it yvonne in the movie eddie <laughs> with, with, you remember that is it, the, the, you don't remember that oh god
1: this is this is you have gone off the rails here. I'm a big, talking movie about? It's, okay. I don't okay. big movie buff. a big movie buff.
0: Okay, so you know the movie Eddie. That's uh, the one where Whoopi Goldberg takes over as the head coach of the Knicks, which, you know, I mean, it's the Knicks. So it's kind of, I'm pretty sure it foreshadowed a lot of things in the two decades to come since then. But uh, but Dwayne Shinsis, who played in the NBA, is actually a graduate of the University of Florida, uh, plays this <laughs> this – um, Eastern European uh, big man who, you know, he can't shoot for anything, but he can, t- but she teaches him how to take a charge. And, <laughs> and it's the one thing that he does that, that he can act, that he actually figures out how to do. It's, it's amazing. I, I, I got to give credit to Rookus who's figuring it out and he's had to figure it out on the fly as, as a lot of these guys have. And it seems to be uh, starting to work right now. So, well, hopefully, hopefully he'll continue to do so as the Knights head down the stretch. Once again, their next game coming up uh, home against SMU, 11 a.m. at 11 11 a.m. That's a double
1: dip, double dip weekend.
0: ESPNU's got TV coverage of that one, but uh, it will be, uh, but like I said, home and then one more home weekend uh, in the first weekend of March with Wichita and uh, Tulane coming to town before the conference tournament. All right. Let's switch gears over to uh, women's basketball, and uh, you want to talk about a team that's been unleashing some defense on people. Uh, the UCF women's basketball team right now, seventeen and eight, nine and three. Uh, they uh, in the league. They are coming off uh, a big win on Saturday against uh, Temple. Uh, fresh off the loss to UConn, where you know Eric and I talked about it on last week's show. Yeah, they lost by 18, 55-37 to UConn, but that was UConn's lowest point total of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and so they come back, they get the road win in Philadelphia at Temple by 7. Uh, and you know, Eric and I spoke about it, you know, how this stretch run for them really um, starts to shape up. They held Temple to 5 points in the first quarter. Um, Temple is a good... A good basketball team they uh or excuse me i was looking at ucf's record temple's not really a good basketball team uh they're two <laughs> and nine in the league sorry um but uh z saunders with 18 points on 8 of 13 from the field kk wright was 5 of 12 8 of 10 at the line for 18 points uh to go with four assists um uh, l'oreal wilson with nine points off the bench for uh for ucf and Masni Cabo, once again, uh, with six rebounds, seven points uh, for UCF in the middle. So um, we're going to hear from Coach Abe in a little bit, but now we uh, hit this big-time stretch with uh, USF coming in on Sunday at noon. Then you're on the road for, H- for Memphis and Houston in that order, and then you're back home for ECU to finish out the season with four games to go. So this is a key stretch for UCF as they sit currently uh, in third place uh, in the conference, uh, one risk uh, rather a half game back at the moment we're recording this, a uh, half game back of uh, USF. Um, at uh, or, or excuse me, one full game back of USF. USF's ten and two in the league. They're all they're all alone in second place behind twelve and zero at UConn. Um, UCF right now at nine and three in the league, but um, you get that win. Uh, if you're able to get that win against USF, USF has one more game to go against UConn. So unless something crazy happens, you went out if you're UCF, you may very well be all alone in the two spot. <clears throat> Excuse me, to finish out um, the season. So um, we're going to break them down in just a little bit. But first, a little earlier today, we're recording this on Valentine's Day, uh, I had the distinct pleasure of uh, previewing the game with Coach Abe Katie Abrahamson Henderson, head coach of UCF women's basketball, and here is that interview right here. And joining me now, the head coach of UCF Knights women's basketball team, with a record right now seventeen and eight, nine and three, or nine and three in the conference rather, and heading into this enormous game uh, with USF on Sunday. Coach Abe Katie Abrahamson Henderson joining us here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Coach, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us on the show here. Uh, I guess first thing I'll ask you, you know, you got this, uh, you got, well, plenty of time off since the game uh, up in Philadelphia against Temple. Uh, eight days off heading into the USF game. How's the team health-wise as you head down to the final four games of the regular season?
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked to him today actually about that exactly, and we actually gave them two days off. So obviously we had the game on Saturday. We gave them Sunday, Monday off. We practiced a little yesterday and then we're off again today. And I really wanted to know how their bodies feel. Obviously mentally they're, they're fine, but their bodies just needed a little break before this big swing coming in. They, they all feel really good. They get really anxious if they're not practicing. So, um, but I'm trying to force them to stay out of the gym as much as possible just, um, because of the last swing. I don't think they understand that four games in nine days is going to be a lot, um, especially on, low number of bodies that we have to play. I
0: think the effort that this team has put together for you this year has just been amazing, especially on the defensive end right now. You're number one in the conference in scoring defense, giving up just 53.8 a game. You're facing in your next game against USF, the number two scoring offense in the the conference, obviously behind UConn uh, in USF. What has been the approach this year on the defensive end of the floor?
2: Well, that's always been um, our approach as a staff. Is you know, if if our shots aren't falling, definitely we can get stopped. And we always have a goal defensively, what well, we want to hold every team to. Obviously, we 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 didn't think we could really hold uh, UConn to 55 points. We were hoping <laughs> for maybe 65, 70, and we did a tremendous job with them. Um, so that really gave us a a lot of confidence in terms of going into all the next games. So I mean. Now I think we're to the point that we know that defense is going to win us games no matter how our shots are.
0: You know, you suffered. We were so worried throughout the year because you suffered so many injuries uh, on the interior. You know, Tolu is out, uh, and then you lose Fifi. But you've gotten some great help from Masani Kaba. You've gotten a couple other players to kind of fill those roles. How has your interior play uh, worked out so far to this point, given all the injuries that you have? And who's stepped up for you this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, boy, when um, Tolu and Tisi both went out uh, this year, not being able to play again, you know, that was really scary, I think, for the team, especially for, like, a lead in the guard, you know. Um, and so now we have... Uh, Nyla Schuler playing the four and now Kayla Thickpen has to play the four which neither of them honestly are forwards they're both guards I mean Nyla's probably a two three guard and Kayla Thickpen's a two three guard and so we've actually asked them to step up and play a lot more minutes and um, obviously Mossini was going to have the opportunity to play because she's such a tremendous athlete and what she does um, on the floor is pretty amazing so but she's been forced to play the five and she's, we signed her to be like a stretch four. So, you know, she's really stepping up too. So I, I'm very proud of those three. I mean, they, they have to play a lot of minutes. Um, they have to stay out of foul trouble. You see um, in our last game, when they got in foul trouble against Temple, it really hurts us. I mean, we, we go in the game really small and it's just um, tough on everybody else because um, if we don't have them in the game, especially Naila, hmm. um, it really hurts us. So, defensively especially and then Moss obviously if she's fouled out offensively we have pretty much no presidents in the low post so you know we've really asked them to step up and I think not just them but Kiki and Z have had to play a lot of minutes I mean they're playing 38-40 minutes a game pressing the whole game running the offense I mean playing at a high place. so you know obviously I'm very proud of everybody that has to play a lot of minutes and they're stepping up knowing you know they don't have a lot of options not to be out there so it, it kind of is a positive because they know they have to play so they're really focused about playing
0: yeah i was going to ask you about z next because you know you, you only she's a redshirt senior you're only going to have her here for one year and she's your leading scorer this year and she's just done all the little things too how big of uh, a role has she played you know in just kind of keeping the team together despite you know some of the adversity that you guys have seen with the injuries that you suffered
2: well, I think she's played a huge role starting last year. I mean, nobody noticed her last year because she wasn't on the floor, but what she did for us last year being the new staff and coming in was she was a coach on the floor, coach in the locker room, um, in terms of understanding what our system was. I mean, we're, we with them, you know, three hours a day, two hours a day, obviously, but we're not with them as much as, uh, Zia. Zia's in the locker room with them, you know, when frustrations come, when things are hard and things, they don't understand things and she tries to, um, be the coach out there that understands why we are trying to get them in shape, why we're pushing them so hard, why we're pressing, why we're doing whatever we're doing offensively. And and she really helped us last year, uh, helped us turn the team around last year. And so obviously now going in this year, they have a lot of respect for her. Now that they see, you know, her words last year, why we were doing things, then now she puts them to use on the floor. So they really respect her now because she kind of put her money where her mouth is a little bit in terms of, you know when i get out there i'm going to help you and i'm going to do the same thing and i'm going to work as hard as you and you know she's one of our hardest workers and when one of your best players is one of your hardest workers boy, your team will follow really quickly
0: so you head into this game with USF we're expecting a really good atmosphere for the game war on i4 and all that you know last year you get him uh, you beat him in tampa when they were ranked a huge win for the program and Uh, I think it was I think it was UCF's first win over USF in Tampa since 1982 or something around there. Way going way back in the day. Um, Now you have a chance to even the season series this year after the game in Tampa this year. Is there from your perspective, is this is this another just, you know, just another game? Or is there a little bit something extra because it's USF and it's this war on I-4 rivalry
2: now? Well, obviously, it's all of the above, but I mean, I think for our team, we try to prepare our team every every game the same way so they don't get too nervous about a certain game, and so we've been really successful in doing that, including with UConn. I mean, so obviously, I know there's little things that they talk about that I try not to bring up because I know that the way I present the game is going to be you know, really big mentally for them, and so to me, it's the next biggest game. I mean, it, obviously to us, it's our next biggest uh, opportunity out there in terms of where we stand in the conference standing right now, mm-hmm. and big picture where we want to be. So, And obviously, they know they're ranked, and obviously they know they just beat Ohio State, so that really helps our conference. i beating Ohio State in terms of our conference RPI, and uh, we have a lot of respect for them. But I think the biggest thing is The last time we played them the last time we played them we did not play them the way we wanted to play them obviously they're a really good team and he does a really good job with them um but for our team we i don't think we showed up very well at all for that game and we we learned from that experience um we saw what we did and so now we can go in this game with that mindset more so it being what we didn't do the last game is going to prepare us for this game on sunday
0: well, as a fan, I tell you, I can't wait for this game to come on Sunday because you know it seems like it's everything that we've you know been waiting for and uh, and and a chance to you know like you said you're a half game out in the standings right now with them at nine and two you're at nine and three uh, it, it, getting through this one and having it at home it should be a big it should be a great atmosphere and it's. Uh, and that's you can't ask for anything more than that from this game Katie Abrahamson Henderson, coach Abe, UCF head coach uh, the game tips off uh, on Sunday uh, at noon. you can catch the game on CBS Sports Network if you're but don't do that everybody please come to the game uh, at CFE Arena should be a good one on Sunday Coach Abe, thank you so much for your time. best of luck on Sunday we'll see you.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: Go night. All right. Thanks again to Coach Abe for her time uh, as she's busy planning for this game and uh, and the home stretch. And thanks again to Megan Herbuff, also with UCF Athletics, for helping set this up. So so there we are. I mean, it, it, it seems like the table is set right now for UCF women's basketball, uh, Brian. And this is going to be a tough one because you know, we know about the history between UCF and USF on the women's basketball side last year like I mentioned in the interview with Coach Abe, uh, UCF's first win over USF in Tampa since the 80s. Um, They come back, and she said, you know, like she said, they didn't play the way that they felt like they were capable of playing against USF in the earlier matchup this year, uh, which was, uh, uh, you know, USF obviously ranked 25th right now, 62-45 win for uh, the Bulls back on January 14th, but, you know, games at home, UCF uh their only loss in the stretch since that game was to UConn. So this team seems to be heating up right now at the right time. I don't know from what you're seeing, you know where, where
1: what do you think of the chances that this team could possibly win out and get that number 2 slot? Well, this is the game of the weekend. I mean, this is the game I I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to write about this too. There's a lot going on this weekend. It's a big UCF Athletics weekend oh, yeah. with b- baseball opening up, with the basketball game on Saturday, men's basketball on Saturday, with softball there as well. But this women's basketball game against USF is the most important US, UC, uh, UCF Athletics event this weekend, uh, and it deserves everybody's attention because it's pretty gigantic uh, in that, yes, they are two teams, not just the rivalry, but they are teams team separated by a game, uh, in the standings, really in the in the terrestrial realm of the AAC, because UConn is just, you know, obviously in another stratosphere. So we can't we don't even look at them. This is really just to decide who is the, the the second best team in this division. And this, US, this USF team just beat down a top tip, a top 15 rated Ohio State team by about 20 points over the weekend. Uh, and now coming in to face the Knights, uh, this game is this game is I really can't wait for this. I'm really am looking forward to this. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, it's the most important event of the week. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly shaping up like that. And I and and I've told you know Eric
0: this before. Um, you know we're heading we're headlong into the uh, what I call the spring sports equinox, mm-hmm. <laughs> where where the winter sports are crossing over with the spring sports, and basketballs crossing over with baseball and softball and tennis and, uh, and golf and, and uh, everything coming to a head. And this is the first weekend that we're actually going to have that, have all those sports in one shot here. So, mm-hmm. um, by the way, one fun little note that I wanted to drop in here about UCF women's basketball, the defense, you know, I mentioned this, um, to coach Abe and, you know, she's really proud of the defense that her team has been playing. Uh, 53.8 points a game is number one in the American. Uh, and, uh, Better than UConn because UConn is uh, is giving up 54 per game. We talked about how UConn mustered only 55 against uh, against UCF uh, last week. In uh, UConn's next game at home, they came home to face uh, Wichita State, and they threw yeah. up 124 points on Wichita in the final game, in the the game right after the UCF game. So they more or less (laughs) took out their frustrations on the Shockers. And I I think it was, I think I saw somewhere, I'll have to double check this, but I think I saw it was the second most points that that the UConn women have ever scored in a game.
1: Wow. They shot 71% in that game. (laughs) And it's not even just that. Like, they beat, like on Monday, they beat the number four-ranked team in the nation by double digits, by 11. Yeah, yeah. It was the fourth-ranked team in the nation. They beat UCF by 18. They, beat, they went to South Carolina and beat South Carolina by 25. They, yeah. they beat UCF again by 18, and South Carolina's number eight in the nation. Right. This, and we, we know how good UConn is. But the fact that UCF did so well, and really UCF does so well defensively because – they really slow down the pace. It's not a fun brand of basketball to watch. Um, but, and so they, that's how they do it. They basically just hold on to the ball for 30 seconds, kind of like what Virginia does mm-hmm. with its defense. They, 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 run, they run the clock deep. So, and, but that forces you into less possessions. Yeah. And uh, they don't, they'll try to fight you for rebounds and stuff like that. But I can't wait for this USF game. I, I know, it's, you know people don't pay too much attention to women's basketball, but I'm telling you, and I'm hyped as anybody for baseball. This women's basketball game is more important than any baseball game this weekend. Yeah. It's more important than the basketball game on Saturday with the men facing SMU. It's more important than softball.
0: Yeah, I, I'm hoping that we get a good crowd out for that game too, because I think this team really deserves it. You know what they did last year, getting to the WNIT uh, in Coach Abe's first year, and now what they're doing this year, I think has just been um, the, the turnaround. has been remarkable, and and you're and you've seen like that sort of long term. Uh, change in the culture, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that's been I think that's been something. And, and uh, I wanted to correct myself: 124 points for um, UConn against Wichita was too shy of the program record, which was set against Providence in 1998. Uh, and the 81 point margin of victory against Wichita State, second only in UConn history to a 97 point defeat of Quinnipiac back in 1998, as well. UConn shot 47. Of 66 in the game following when they in the game following where they scored only 55 points against UCF. So we'll see if the Knights can uh, uh, crank up the D once again against a, a very hot shooting uh, USF team uh, as well. So uh, and that will game that game will be uh, once again noon Sunday. Uh, uh, television is CBS Sports Network, but. Uh, if you can make it down to the game, it should be a good atmosphere. Hopefully just as good of a war on I-4 atmosphere as we saw tonight with the men, if not more so, because this, has, this game has a lot riding on it for UCF uh, women's hoops as they aim for win number 18 on the year and their 10th conference win on the year as well. All right, stick around. We're going to take a short break. When we return, uh, Brian and I will turn our attention to football. Uh, The schedule is out. We're going to break that down for you. And uh, we'll also take a look at uh, a couple of the other goings on this week. Softball getting underway. We'll break that down as well in just a moment. Stick around. The Black and Gold Banneret podcast is back after this. The Black and Gold Banneret podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's such a dedicated Knight fan that right now, if you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give them a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit on the web at wesellorlando.net. Again, that's we wesellorlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at facebook.com slash wesellorlando. Get in touch with the Unger Real Estate Group today and make finding your dream home a reality.
1: Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fagley, and I'm Trey Stralco. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Oh yeah, i I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF Sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF Sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast.
0: All right. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Brian Murphy with you here. Uh, uh, Eric Lopez is away. He's actually down in uh, Tampa doing some work for the American Digital Network. Uh, but he is with us in spirit as always. And we've got a busy uh, show for you as well here uh, today. Don't forget to follow us at uh, UCF underscore Banneret. I'm at Jeff underscore Sharon. And... Brian is at spokes underscore Murphy on Twitter. Also hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Black and Gold and at blackandgoldbanneret.com com, where you can find a breakdown of UCF's football schedule for the twenty eighteen season. Uh, the Knights released the schedule on Tuesday, and uh, uh, I just want to go over this with you uh, real quick, Brian, because we you know we mm-hmm. we don't have any. Uh, times set, although we can probably just about figure them out in some cases, but um, we have a couple more, uh, well, I mean, in general, there's uh, some unusual things with the schedule this year, but, uh, you know, with UCF coming off of the great season, undefeated season that they had, um, I was interested to see what how this whole thing would kind of shake out, Um, and it starts with, once again, a Thursday night. Uh, game against UConn, uh, August 30th. We're st- UCF is starting for the first time ever with a road conference game, which, you know, boo, if you ask me. I mean, starting on the road after the season you had, but uh, then it goes like this. Saturday, September 8th against South Carolina State at home. That's the home opener. Uh, then those uh, they go at a conference for three straight weeks at North Carolina on September 15th. Uh, home for FAU, Uh, First meeting between those two teams since 2003 on uh, Friday, September the 21st. So a Friday night game at Spectrum. And then Saturday home for Pitt uh, in the second meeting ever between those two teams. So two ACC teams on the schedule. We knew that going in, but at least they're not back-to-back. Then the conference schedule starts with a home conference opener against SMU Saturday, October 6th. To Memphis a week later on the 13th. And then to Greenville for East Carolina a week after that on October 20th. The, the uh, bye week is the week of October 27th. Uh, and then in November, uh, Thursday night game at home uh, on ESPN against Temple. That's guaranteed television, but we don't know what time it is just yet. We don't know any of the times of these games. But um, uh, Saturday, uh, uh, the following week, November 10th, home for Navy, home for Cincinnati on the 17th of November, Black Friday once again again a war on I-4 against USF it's a tradition unlike any other uh, and uh, and then the AAC championship game scheduled for Saturday December uh, the first. So when we uh, took a look at the schedule, Brian you know when I looked at it, I was like, okay you know I, I get it you know four or four games that are not on Saturdays um, but uh, th- that's what television does for you. Um, and if that gets UCF on TV a little bit more, I'm fine with that. Seven games at home, five away. What did you think of the slate when it came out?
1: I think this is very favorable, uh, and not that that's going to mean, like, they're going to go undefeated again because mm. the schedule is so great. Like, no, that Mark comes down Mark it down, down everybody. Like, Brian Murphy just guaranteed on an un- an second
0: undefeated season. There you season. go.
1: <laughs> yep. Stir in the pot. There we go. No, I mean it, that's that's coaching and execution, and yes, luck. Uh, that's a, a lot of different things. But this, the the schedule set, sets up so well for this team. I don't mind the starting on the road, especially starting in August in Connecticut. I'd, I'd if you have to go to Connecticut, uh, I'd rather go there in August than oh, have yeah. to go there in November.
0: Oh yeah, you're not kidding on that one.
1: So that's fine. Uh, people will gripe because of the national championship, you know, season, and say like they need to challenge themselves more out of conference. Well, this schedule was made, you know, a few years ago, so North Carolina looked a lot better then than they kind of do now. Uh, but that's not UCF's fault. Uh, the FAU game is going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be so much fun with with Lane Kiffin. Yes, and the Lane Ke- train's coming to town. <laughs> but even more. Even more, even more for me and, and people of my era, the 2007 era, Kevin Smith, who's on that FAU staff. That's right. 24K, coming back to Orlando as well. I'm looking forward to that. But if you look how the schedule sets up, so you've got the road game to start. You may say, I don't like that, but it, it really plays out well because after that, you've got one more road game and then two sets in the schedule, two sets of three-game homestands, which this team has never had that. They have had a three-game homestand before. I think they had a three-game homestand a couple years ago. Um, They had a – I think they had a four-game homestand a while back. But you have two different three-game homestands in the schedule sandwiched around the two-game road trip in the middle between Memphis and East Carolina. Now, one of those teams should be a lot better than the other. That Memphis game in the middle of October could be – a dynamite game. But I mean also so you've got all these home games bunched up together which I do think plays into a benefit. It does cut down on travel a little bit. But speaking of travel, this team does not leave the state of Florida in November. They have three home games and the season finale at Tampa against USF. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have cold weather. We saw what happened in Dallas against SMU when it we know it's festival year, but mm-hmm. The, the odds are they will not have a cold weather game this season. Also, the bye, late in the year it's a little it's a little odd because you see a lot of teams take buys in weeks two and three, but it's perfect for this team because the way it sets up, they come off the road at East Carolina, uh, and then they're they're and then they're off from October October twentieth to November first the Thursday game against Temple. It's a week and a half off, and then after that they basically get another week and a half off because the next game is on the 10th, yeah. and that's Navy. They get an extra three or four days to prepare for Navy, which, the, which is the team that you want to prepare for the most, because they're the most difficult offense to game plan for. Um, so they get more time to prepare for Navy. They get three home games, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, twice. They don't travel out of the state of Florida in November. They have no cold-weather games that you would imagine they would have. Um, this is a really favorable schedule, just the way it falls out. Now, this is obviously not predicting any hurricanes, which we've known <laughs> right. could change some things. Right, including but last at, year's
0: bye week, which was yep, at about the bit. same time, right? It was, I think, a it was, little bit. scheduled for October 28th, and then that's when they had to put the Austin P game, right?
1: But, uh, I mean, I don't know how a UCF fan can't look at the schedule and go, I, I like our chances there. That's a really favorable, a really favorable layout.
0: Yeah, I, I think that I, I think that folks are just kind of a little disappointed on the weeknight games, but I don't mind the weeknight games. Um, yeah, you, you know, uh, the, the first one that you have is FAU. That's first of all, that's a Friday night. I mean, it's technically not a weeknight. Um, it, you know, it's it's just it's just an early game, and that's that game to me is the most interesting one on the schedule because you have FAU, who's the conference USA champions from last year. Um, 11-3 and 3 in Lane Kiffin's first year. You know, the Lane train and all that. Um, funny story, I was actually on the field for the last and so far only time that UCF has played FAU, which was in 2003. That was, um, I think it was the s- second or third year of uh, FAU football. And they came to the Citrus Bowl. Uh, UCF was coming off that 2002 season where um, you know, in 03, it was looking like, you know, things were really going to come together for this team. And uh, that FAU team, with Howard Schnellenberger was the head coach. I remember he's the guy who basically started the FAU program, famous coach from back in you know Miami and coached a couple other places as well. Um, and they took UCF to the wall uh, in that game, 33-29. And I remember um, on FAU's last possession, um, their quarterback, a guy named Jared Allen, um, had an open receiver in the end zone down the sideline, and he overshot him. Otherwise, FAU would have pulled off the upset in that game. that was back in two thousand three. So uh, you know that that was when I was a uh, a junior uh, at UCF. So um, I, I just think that that's really interesting. Anytime you can play an in-state opponent, I it, you know my it, my attention is peaked. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned the two ACC opponents. You know, UNC last year was three and nine. Um, you know, it does, it'll be the first ever meeting between uh, UCF and North Carolina. Pittsburgh, not all that better last year; five and seven, they were fourth in the ACC Coastal. UNC was last. Um, UCF has played Pitt only once, and they lost back in 2006. But um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that, those double three-game home stands, especially the fact that you know they're going to play that game uh, at East Carolina. We don't know what East Car- we don't know what we're going to get from East Carolina. Um, this year, because they're coming off a of three and nine year, they're fourth in the division. Um, but you know, right after that, there's the bye. You mentioned how the schedule shakes out beautifully with that Thursday game against Temple, and then you have the extra two days to prepare for Navy and another home game, Cincinnati, the week after that at home. And you're looking, and then and then USF at Tampa uh, on Black Friday to end the regular season. It's like the, the literally the last month of the season could not have worked out better for UCF and this year I made this point on Twitter um, because UCF had those two weeks off because of Irma the two games that got wiped out and they put the Austin P game uh, on the slate um, uh, in the open date that Mm -hmm. defense was totally gassed and especially in the last two weeks on Black Friday against USF, and then the Memphis game, and it showed because they gave up a gazillion points in both games. And you know, this year, Mother Nature permitting, they won't having that bye week right before Halloween is just the perfect spot. Especially when yeah. you consider that they have those last four games in the state of Florida. Uh, in fact, the last four games basically along the I four corridor. If you want to get that specific. Uh, and they don't leave the state after the twentieth of October. I mean, it's uh, if you're Josh Heifel, your first year, you got to be looking at schedule saying, "All right, at least we don't have to worry about any quirky stuff with that."
1: <laughs> well, not yet. But have you ever <laughs> seen? Have you ever seen a team or a schedule with a pair of three game home stands? I, I've 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 not I've never seen that. I've never
0: seen it at UCF. But then again, you know we we haven't had that many years where we've had seven home games.
1: Well, it's – no, it's never happened at UCF, but like – I'm sure it's probably you, happened
0: before with somebody, you know, like if Michigan had seven home games before, but I don't know. I, I'll have to take a look.
1: It's just a weird – it's a weird stagger. It really is, but uh, it just it, – it's great. I mean, it's it's great for UCF who, you know, uh, look, you should have a home field advantage coming off of the season you just had. People should be wanting to see this team. Yep. But I'm not gonna complain. I'm, look. I'm uh, you know you know my stance on attendance. I'm done. <laughs> I, I was done in 2007 on attendance. I'm not. I never will complain about it. It's a cliche at this point, you know. But it, you know, my my hope is that,
0: um, you know that those those two non-conference games, the FAU game and the Pitt game, those should get people charged up.
1: You know, for the that for FAU games that FAU games people charged up I I hope so man because it's
0: going to be <laughs> I, it's gosh what a, it's such an interesting matchup right i mean i i hope that uh, i hope that that gets that, that gets a decent television spot too
1: mm-hmm. uh, you know on a friday people, night you would think it would the, right people were upset people were upset that it wasn't saturday because people were looking at at that game as a possible college game day that, game that seems far fetched i don't know about that but, i mean yeah, but you know, people, but whatever. I mean, you could you you know, instead of having college game day, you could have a Friday night all to yourself.
0: Right, and and, and the other thing is, you know, it, you get that that one extra day off before you play Pitt at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know what you're going to get from Pitt, you know, you know this year, but um, if you're going to play an opponent from the ACC or another you know fellow Power Six league team. Um, the more time off you get to prepare, the better. Um, you know. And same thing with getting ready for North Carolina. I'm not saying that South Carolina State's a week off. Lord knows it's not. But you know you are playing an FCS opponent the week before you go play North Carolina up in North Carolina. So, um, Well, just
1: to, be, just to be safe, they do have two extra days to prepare for South Carolina State because that, <laughs> that, that game against UConn is on a Thursday.
0: Fair point, fair point. You know, maybe they could take the bus back from Hartford. Hopefully not, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so I'm, I, you know, I'm a little bummed that you know UCF doesn't get, um, you know, a night to itself to sort of celebrate, um, you know, potentially on television um, the undefeated season from last year. You know, you know starting the season on the road is kind of a bummer, but you know, overall I think the schedule worked out. What was one of the other notes that I wanted to bring up on the schedule? I I wrote a couple of them down here in the article, which you can find on blackandgoldbanneret.com, where I go over the uh, opponents, and including their records from last year and the series and last meeting with UCF. Um, oh. Um, boy, this thing is slow for me today. All right. Um, UCF's <laughs> opponents this year combined 2017 record, 73 and 75. Not overly great, um, yeah. But you know, like you said, Pitt and North Carolina kind of factor into that. South Carolina State, who actually is fairly good uh, traditionally, uh, ha- did not have a very good year last year. Um, the uh, yeah yeah. So so I that mean, sort of contributed to it.
1: I can I would you know I can deride you know East Carolina and North Carolina, but there was all like to to go on the other side of the argument like. There was a, I believe, a six and seven team that then went undefeated the next year. So, I mean, yeah, we might you never have heard know. of that team. Yeah,
0: you never know.
2: <laughs>
0: um, what was the other thing? Um, uh, oh, Family Weekend is going to be the Pitt game. Homecoming is going to be the Navy game.
1: Uh, that's, but that's by the way, those are good placements too because Pitt is a solid opponent. You know, it's not like South Carolina State or even. One of the lesser AAC teams, and then Navy for homecoming is—I really am looking forward to that. That's yeah. that's that's a really fun, challenging home game. So to have that for homecoming is fun. Yeah,
0: and by the way, the uh, the crossover opponents in the conference schedule from the West are the same this year that they were last year. So SMU, uh, Navy, and uh, and Memphis. So uh, mm-hmm. interesting how it works out like that. So. But uh, anyway, you can get more on the schedule uh, at blackandgoldbanneret.com. Make sure you check it out. Um, if you want to send us, uh, drop a little comment on us or send it over to our Facebook, let us know at least what your preliminary predictions might look like um, in terms of a record. Let us know. Have you thought about that, Brian? Do you have like, possibly a record prediction uh, in store just based on first glance?
1: No. <laughs> no, I will not. I will not play this game because people you're not people, playing ball, are you? Because <laughs> I know that if I say like 10 and two, someone's going to be mad at oh, me. The, oh, the pitch people will be, up, like be upset. And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Just wait. Yeah. Yeah. You say 10 and two. And then on Twitter, look at this
0: guy. He's one of our guys. He's disrespecting us. I'm like
1: disrespect because we should expect to dis- go undefeated. You're,
0: you're supposed to be on our side.
1: Uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I really do like as like a as like a public service announcement. Like, people need to like understand. Like, no team other maybe other than maybe the Alabama should expect to go undefeated. Uh, it doesn't happen. There's a reason why there was only one. Alabama shouldn't season. expect to go undefeated.
0: They haven't got a, They I, haven't got undefeated yet to win the national championship.
1: At, yeah, at the most, it's only Alabama. At the most, that's why it's hard to do. You shouldn't expect it. If this team goes ten and two, or even nine and three, it's a, it's a successful season. Yeah. There will be backlash from another podcast and people on that podcast <laughs> who disagree with me, whom I've talked to. But look, I mean, you can't expect it. It's 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 just it's one of those things where everything lined up so well. Look at look at how healthy this team was this right. year. They they literally suffered like three major injuries, and the rest of the guys stayed upright. Mackenzie Milton got hit all over the yard and didn't break. Um, not saying it's going to happen this year. Please, do I have a piece of wood somewhere? <laughs> I do. I have, a, I have a wood armoire. There we are. So, uh, you know, just, just just be just as sports fans. I beg of you, as sports fans. I know this is difficult for some people to do because you're so fervent, but please have some perspective about like if they do go ten and two. Don't be like, well, this, this is obviously a failure to step back, like, please." Ugh. But again, we're, we're, I, I'm, I'm getting myself too worked up in February for, for an argument that we're <laughs> going to have in December. I'll say this if,
0: you know if you see a football in its first year under a new head coach in a new system with the guys that we lost last year on defense, comes up you know 10 and two, nine and three, nine and three I mean, I'm doing. Backflips, man. I think that that is just as good as going from six and seven to undefeated the following year. That's that's an, that's an incredible. That would be an incredible, incredible achievement. So, I agree. Uh, and, I agree. And a testament to the new staff, the recruiting, and and the um, and, and 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 the installation of the new systems. That's just yeah. That's that would be that would be one hell of an achievement. Speaking of achievements, so- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, I just did my my final my final word on that. So no, to answer your question, I will not give you a record. I will only say <laughs> that this team will absolutely not go undefeated two years in a row. All right, we'll hold you to that.
0: Brian Murphy says UCF takes a step back this year. <laughs> um, let's uh, speaking of achievements, let's uh, let's dive over to uh, softball real quick. They actually started their season. Uh, this year uh, at the uh, Friends of Jacqueline Invitational. This was up, played up in Longwood. Uh, it is a uh, charity tournament that UCF started off with a really good slate of teams that they started out with five games in the tournament. The Knights have started the season three and two. They got victories over Butler, Providence, and Illinois, in eight innings, three to two in uh, what was the uh, big win of the week. They uh, lost games to Louisville, and they lost to North Carolina in eight innings. But, uh, you know, that game uh, against uh, Illinois um, uh, went to extra innings. Um, walk-off hit by Cassidy Brewer uh, gave UCF the victory as, they, as the Knights came back from down two to nothing. Um they, they tied the game with a pair of runs in the seventh, uh, in the in the last, basically in their last chance to do so, and then Cassidy won it with a, with an RBI single in the eighth um, to give UCF the biggest win of the five games that they had. And I thought that was uh, um, huge for Aaliyah White. Uh, she gets the victory in that game, and uh, and huge for the Knights to actually, you know, it, it's always key, you know, in the beginning when they start. In terms of confidence, to try and get these wins against against these you know non-conference and uh, certainly power conference teams, um, to do so against a team like Illinois, solid victory and to come back in the way that they did uh, from down to nothing to get the win over a Big Ten opponent, certainly big uh, for the Knights. They're in Disney this week, uh, Friday, for a pair of games uh, against Northern Iowa and uh, LIU Brooklyn. It's down at Lake Buena Vista, and then Saturday is the home opening day um, they are at UCF Softball complex for another pair of games against Texas Tech and Florida a and M they also have uh, a game on Monday at home uh, 3 p.m against Hofstra so wow UCF Softball diving in already with uh, they're through through this weekend they will be uh, 10 games into their season uh, already and uh, and obviously if you want the latest on UCF Softball, make sure you follow Eric Lopez At Eric Lopezilo on Twitter, Uh, and if you're looking to get yourself caught up, last week's episode we had uh, uh, Coach Gillespie on uh, to sort of preview the season in advance of their uh, uh, of the opening uh, uh, tournament uh, in Longwood. So UCF softball, uh, Brian Murphy, you got to come out to the game, man. It's been uh, uh, it's been too long, and uh,
1: yeah, I literally I think it has been like I don't know about eleven years. I believe Gosh. was the last time I went to a UCF softball game. Eleven years was that? Uh, well, oh, they built the new ballpark by then, right? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, I think it was the new park. Yeah, it just opened. I think it was around oh seven oh eight. Yeah, that I was out there.
0: So we got so we got yeah. that firing up, and uh, a little note on baseball because baseball is starting up their season this weekend as well with three games uh, against three different opponents in a Friday Saturday Sunday format. Uh, starting with number 15, Virginia at home. Uh, and of course, uh, home for Rice on Saturday at 5 p.m., home for Sanford on Sunday at 2. The Friday game against Virginia, by the way, starts at 6 30 p.m. Uh, you can catch all the action there at UCFKnights.tv. We're going to save the baseball talk for our double dip episode this week here on the Black and Gold Banner podcast. So check the feed. We got an all baseball preview. Me and Brian going over the season, going over the schedule, going over the newcomers, the returnees, and we got um, head coach Greg Lovelady talking with us uh, as well. I actually talked with him in his office while there was construction going on. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and it was, uh, you know, it, it is a work in progress over there at the new John Uliano Park. Uh, and uh, it looks like it's going to be ready sooner than you think. Uh, it's not going to be, the whole thing is not going to be ready um, for opening night against Virginia, but it will be ready to have, we, they will be ready to have fans actually in the park, um, it's just that the the new construction won't quite be ready yet, but it will be ready sooner than you think, so um, so we'll have Greg on there to talk about that with you, so I'm excited for baseball to get started, because, um, you know, like I said, the this, this, this schedule really works It you know, Virginia's good, Rice is good, um, Stetson's coming in. Uh, you got Wagner coming in there, pretty good. Florida, really good slate this year.
1: Uh, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, I I'm a, now Jeff to sort of tell you how excited I am. I'm a big movie person. Now I did not see Eddie, so that's obviously something I need to catch up on. All right, you're going to have but to Netflix am, that one tonight. I am a huge movie buff, and in the words of the immortal Bob Costas, off of the. Piece de the Resistance that was the movie Basketball. Oh, God. You think you're excited? Feel these nipples. <laughs> I'm so excited, Jeff. This is so great. Oh, <laughs> this, is, this
0: might be the first time I've had to think about censoring the pipe. No, I'm just kidding.
1: No, um, of course not. <laughs> this isn't a Carlin routine yet. Gosh. Um um, but no, I mean, I, look, I mean, for me, this is my this is my baby, like not just UCF baseball, but baseball in general. Like I saw photos of the Yankees, you know, breaking camp or in camp today. And I got a little verklempt and I, I, it's a it's a it's a lock cinch that I will cry on opening day of, of Major League Baseball season. That's just sort of a tradition like no other. You so, are like, a the mass-
0: baseball guy. Brian
1: Murphy. sort of like the masters. Yeah. It just has <laughs> me. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by UCF baseball, Jeff, just saying.
0: Well, they have got a big task ahead of them, and we'll talk about that in the show, but, um, but, you know, like you said, it's something that we all have been looking forward to and uh, uh, and we'll be able to break down some things um, in that, in that additional show. So make sure you take a look at it. Uh, Coming up, real quick before we uh, finish up here, Brian Murphy. Um, as we look at uh, UCF women's tennis, um, they are off to a hot, hot, hot start right now. They are six and one. Brian Canico, the head coach, has got to be happy with how they've come out guns blazing this past weekend. At Est- they were out in Dallas, uh, out in Texas this past weekend. Um, they beat SMU in Dallas six to one. Then they go down to Waco, and beat number sixteen Baylor five to two. So they are uh, blazing through uh, the Lone Star State right now. They've got two weeks off before they go back to Texas to play TCU in Fort Worth, and then Texas A and M in College Station. That's on the twenty third and twenty fifth, and then they're finally back home March the third to play. uh, Excuse me, Michigan. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on right there for uh, UCF women's tennis. Uh, over on the men's side, uh, they um, are off also until March the third. They've got basically a whole month off uh, after their uh, most recent victory against uh, UNF, which was uh, a week ago. Um, tonight we we're recording this on Wednesday, February seventh, uh, or excuse me, Wednesday, February fourteenth. Back on February seventh, they defeated UNF uh, and uh, to get to three and two, so they've got some time now. Uh, before their next match against Michigan when they go on a real tear of a schedule uh, at home. So stay tuned on that. All right, let's wrap it up here, Brian Murphy. Uh, we've got uh, a bunch a bunch of stuff going
1: on this weekend. Where will folks find you? Uh, I am at uh, Spokes underscore Murphy on Twitter. Uh, I will be writing a lot of baseball stuff over the next couple days. I will definitely be writing a season preview. I might be writing two of them, one for offense and one for pitching. I haven't decided how to split them up, but I probably will split them up because the pitching itself deserves its own article. And then I will have a feature on Bryce Tucker uh, sometime during the weekend. So I hope by Saturday or Sunday that Bryce Tucker is still playing and hasn't like torn his elbow out. Don't uh, be saying be really stuff
0: nice. around that around us that man. I mean keep him out of you keep him out of CFE arena. Keep him away from the basketball.
1: Just really. So <laughs> I all have stuff and then I do want to write about women's basketball because again, people should go see them. Uh but yeah, yeah, I will uh, be writing and out to baseball and I can't wait for this weekend just because there's so much going on, but you know, there's really nothing like a double dip. And when you go from basketball at eleven to baseball at two, oh. and they're right next to each other. It's beautiful, Jeff. It's beautiful. Here, here's
0: here's what's going on this weekend. We got Friday night. We got the baseball opener against Virginia, six thirty PM. Yeah. Saturday, this is what I'm talking about with this with the spring sports equinox. It's happening, man. Um, men's basketball at eleven, followed by uh, baseball at uh, where is it? Oh, baseball's at five. Or excuse me, softball is at three. Mm-hmm. baseball is at five another okay. softball game at five thirty. all right that's saturday <laughs> sunday you have baseball or excuse me women's basketball at noon uh followed by baseball at two i by the way will be at the women's basketball game for uh against usf i'll actually be doing pa for that game so um mm-hmm. that'll be fun i'm hoping that i'm hoping to bring a bunch of friends with me <laughs> For uh, for that game because uh, we it, I, that team could really use uh, a, the, the kind of they deserve to have an amazing atmosphere uh, for that game. So noon Sunday of all the events taking place, like you said, Brian, that's the biggest one of the uh, of the week. So it's huge. Uh, so we'll be taking we'll be keeping a close eye on that. So uh, be on the lookout. Follow us at UCF underscore Banner on Twitter. Follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Brian at Spokes underscore Murphy. Follow Eric Lopez at Eric Lopez Elo. He'll be taking care of softball for us, not just this weekend, but throughout the season. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, send us some questions. Facebook.com slash black and gold banneret. And of course, read everything that you've got, including uh, the football breakdown, all the baseball stuff that Brian's going to be coming up, coming up with. And also, uh, Brian, this weekend I put up a, a, a look back at the 2013 UCF recruiting class. Uh, We kind of did this a couple years ago, um, and it kind of worked out, and I did it this year. I wanted to bring it back. Um, Just kind of looking back at the recruiting class of five years ago, how did those kids pan out? Who was in that class? Really interesting look at it, and I know I'll be looking forward big time to your basketball stuff coming up and the baseball previews as well because it's going to be great stuff as usual on BlackAndGoldBanneret.com. Don't forget if you... Don't already subscribe to us. Make sure you do. We are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Tell your friends. Give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing uh, right here on the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. So, for Brian Murphy, I'm Jeff Sharon. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, our baseball preview episode is also up right now. Check it out. For Brian, I'm Jeff. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret podcast.